everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and beyond. Happy Monday. Yes, it is. So we're doing another one of these grab the mic situations. Why do I grab the mic? I grab the mic whenever there's a thought, uh, a topic, some sort of information that continuously comes to me. And I think, you know what? This is something that we need to talk about. Now, the challenge for me becomes this is a one-way conversation. It's a one-way conversation. And I still believe it's important to share this message. So that is why I grabbed the mic. I grabbed the mic because I believe that as a person in this space, there is a responsibility to call something out, especially, especially when it involves somebody knowing something and a lot of group of people don't. All right, that's one thing. And then second responsibility is because I have this belief that, you know, the Hippocratic Oath of doing no harm and providing education, providing education that can help people make educated decisions, right? In one of our episodes, we talked about being an advocate for yourself. And it was a conversation about how do you find the right therapist, What kind of questions should you ask? And again, how to be your own advocate? Because just because someone says that they can do something doesn't always mean that they actually can. And one of the patterns that I'm seeing right now within our sphere of trauma-informed mental health coaching, mental health advocacy, uh, mental health provider services as well as influencers, is a phrase that's being used. And it's okay that the phrase is being used. It's okay that the phrase is being used. There's nothing wrong with using the phrase. Where the problem becomes a risk of doing harm is when the phrase is used to manipulate. And I I want in this episode to share three things three ways to identify, possibly identify, through my experience of 
trying this out a few times. Um, someone who is actually using this phrase to deceive. Okay, I wish I had one of those motherboards because I would do like drum roll, drum roll. Someone do a drum roll out there. Okay, because the phrase is, here it goes. The research shows. A modification of that phrase, the research shows, is the research says. Why is this phrase being used? And when is the phrase being used to potentially deceive? Okay, now I'm not saying that every person that uses this phrase is out there to deceive. So I'm going to paint the story for you. Okay, I'm painting the story. So the situation is I was in a conversation with a person who already from the get-go was aggressive, aggressive, and they questioned my credentials, which, you know, I'm okay with people asking questions about, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, but this was different. The tone was different. The, the, what was being said was different. It was literally, you need to prove you to me. Now, it, for me as a professional, it would have been different um, if we were colleagues, but, but we weren't. We were not colleagues. This person, um, we're not even in the same sphere. But right away, there was this aggressive behavior, aggressive questioning, and you need to prove yourself to me. And I thought, okay, you know what? Where is this coming from? Where is it coming from? And why do you think it's appropriate to behave that way? So after I did my little, you know, five-minute elevator pitch on who I am, um, you know, I was like, well, tell me some things about you. And so they went off on their services and what they do and used the phrase, the research shows. And they just kept going off, you know, just kept saying what they were saying. And I said, wait a second, what research? What do you mean? And I said, you just said the research shows. Well, what research? Well, that's really so-and-so. So they were trying to make the statement that the research shows, the research was validating basically what, what they were trying to say. And then when I questioned about the research, they blew it off and was like, well, that's XYZ's you know, area of expertise. And I'm like, nah. You said the research shows. So if you're making that statement, then tell me about the research. And they couldn't. And it became very obvious that they wanted what they wanted and they did not want to be questioned. So why I'm sharing this episode with everybody today is because what I have found is that if somebody is making the statement, they're saying the research shows and their intention is to deceive, they're going to act in one of three ways. The first one is when you say, well, what research? They're actually going to blow you off and they're going to defer. So it's called deflect and project. They're going to deflect the question and they're going to project it to somebody else. They don't own it. Okay, that's red flag number one. The second one is when you insist and say, no, you said, the, you call them out, you state the fact. You said the research shows, so what research? Okay, and then they 
again, will blow you off in a way of, why are you asking? Again, another project and deflect. They do not want to be accountable for not being able to produce the research. And then when you say it again, you call them out again on the fact. You always use a fact with them. Making this statement, you said. So you're saying that the research supports what you're doing. What research? And then what they do is they pull the rung under you and they'll, they make themselves the victim. Well, I have lived experience. We're not talking about lived experience. You said the research shows. All three of those are red flags. It's our, it's our responsibility to ourselves when somebody is saying that they're going to help us with trauma healing and use the phrase, the research shows, and they don't produce the research and instead they behave in those three manners that I just explained. One is they casually, they just go right through it. The second one is they casually blow it off and give it to somebody else like a colleague or something. Like, oh, I read it somewhere. I can't remember that kind of thing. And then the third one is when you push it, that they turn themselves into a victim. Big red flags. A healthy response when asked, what research? Sometimes, yes, somebody can get deer in the headlights and they can say, and you can tell by, again, the tone. You can tell the tone. If they're aggressive, there's a reason why they're being aggressive. Okay? There's a reason why. If someone says the same thing, like, you know what, I can't remember. I've actually done that when someone's asked me, well, what, <clears throat> excuse me, when someone's asked me, like, well, what research? And sometimes I've said, you know what, I can't remember which one, but I know that I've read it and I can find it for you. I can, I'm more than happy to share it. It's when people don't want to give you the research. And the other thing is, what kind of research? Where did it come from? Is it an actual reputable source? So is it a peer-reviewed journal article, for example? And what a peer-reviewed journal article is, it's a magazine, a professional magazine, where colleagues, aka peers, review, so they evaluate someone's research papers to see whether or not, yes, the research that was done, was it, what methods did they use? What assessments, what tools did they use? What was the sample size? What was, what was the risks? What were the limitations? What were, what were some of the biases? What was the literature review that was done before? So what was the foundational information that was done before the study was done? And yes, can it, can it correlate? Can it relate to the overall population? And if not, does it state that? Does it say it's preliminary? Does it say it's exploratory? What, what does it say? What does it say? And how can it be beneficial to do good? How can it be beneficial to call out a risk? So there have been times where I've actually said, well, the research shows, and some research is already common knowledge, but maybe not to everybody. So a common knowledge piece of information from research is that peer support, when a person is going through the healing journey, a person can experience healing deeper levels of healing when also engaged in peer support. And there's multiple sources of data to support this. AA is an excellent example. 
of the research that has been done to show the validation of, yes, the value of peer support. We also know through isolation studies what happens when we're not, we don't have the support. And we do know what happens when we do have support, whether we're talking about oncology patients, trauma recovery, um, many other types of, of social challenges. So the research shows, and I'm seeing this phrase being used more and more, and I'm seeing it, that phrase being used to manipulate and to deceive people because it, 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 it assumes then the person has a level of credential and a level of authority. But it's not. They don't. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying all people. What I'm saying is I've noticed patterns of people utilizing this phrase to yes, to manipulate, to get what they want at the expense of yes, people who are already extremely vulnerable and want relief from trauma. And I'm seeing it. So I have a responsibility, yes, as a researcher, as an educator, as a person with lived experience, as a person who hosts this podcast, to show these examples. And yes, if, if, if someone says, well, the research shows, and you ask, well, what research? And they blow you off. Okay, that's red flag number one. No, you said the research. What research? Well, that's actually so-and-so's. No, but you said it. So you must know the research. So what research are you talking about? And then if they turn it around again, the projection deflection, and they make themselves into a victim, that those are all red flags. Those are all red flags. All red flags. Now, I do want to say something, too, about research. So I presented at the American Psychological Association when I finished my doctoral studies. And if you want to go look it up... <laughs> some light reading. It was a very extensive study. Anyway, um, and why I did an extensive study was because you have to defend your research at some point. So there's like a whole panel, then there's a university panel that looks at everything, right? There's multiple layers of, hey, you know, did you do a good job? And I don't mean good as in like a C grade. I mean, like, is this sound stuff? Did you do an ethical job? Is there depth and rigor with your study? And does it produce new knowledge and new body of knowledge to, yes, to benefit society? And if you don't, then you got to go back and redo it. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing now. <laughs> I have to say my experience was a positive experience. So you're being asked to defend what you do your research on. And so I was invited to the American Psychological Association to present on my doctoral research, which was utilizing a non-invasive intervention for stress management in the workplace. But like I said, I did an extensive study. It was a mixed methods. Anyway, if you want to go read it, it's out there. I can even put a hyperlink in the show notes. Maybe I should do that. All right. So there was a person in the audience who made a comment to invalidate my study. Now, will there be studies to invalidate other studies? Yes, sometimes there are. Sometimes a, a group of people will, again, do a study 
just to test a theory or a concept with the intention to invalidate it. Or some, you know, and there are other people who are just like, you know what, I just want to test and see this, how what happens for me. You can look at cooking, right? Let's look at cooking. There's a recipe. It's been tested how many times, right? It's been proven to work. And then you go try it out and it flops, which is why I prefer field research instead of clinical, because we don't live in a freaking bubble. We live out in the real world. I want stuff that's going to help me in life. Not when like it's a controlled environment. Of course, my stress is going to go down. If I don't have to answer my phone, someone's bringing me food and I got a nice warm blanket and I'm in a calming environment. Of course, my stress level is going to go down. I wanted to do the stuff real time in the real world. (laughs) Yeah, I did. So there was a person who, yeah, was invalidating, invalidating my research. And that was actually my response, which was what research? Well, I read it. And there was actually somebody else that was in the audience that said, are you just here to heckle her? You know, and, I, and then I responded and said, there's always somebody in the audience who's going to disagree with what your research is. And if they can't produce the goods, then I'm less likely to listen. I'm less likely to sit here and say, okay, because I know what my research was. Just like with this situation of the research shows, and then they went off and ignored it. And I'm thinking, you're doing this deliberately because most people will respond with starry eye and awe and go, this person knows something that I don't. Oh my gosh, they are an authority. They are a subject matter expert because they know the research and I don't. And they're banking on the fact that that's how you're going to respond. Because then you know what comes up next? I got this program and I have all these testimonials and I'm going to give you the 90 back money, 90 day money back guarantee and it's only going to cost you X. Well, it didn't work for me. You know what? See the clause that doesn't always work for everybody. Who does that serve when you ask what research and somebody gets defensive and aggressive and then turns themselves into a victim? What does that remind everybody of? I can tell you I know what it reminds me of. The deliberate intention to deceive. The deliberate premeditated action to take advantage of somebody else. And we all know the kinds of people who behave that way. And unfortunately, no industry is immune of charlatans. They're not, not even this one. But again, I don't wanna say there's an obligation, but I feel responsible. I feel responsible and yes, I took that oath when I graduated, that Hippocratic Oath. And that's why I'm sharing this episode with everybody today. Is it hard to call out somebody and say, hey, but wait a second here. Is it difficult when they start wordsmithing and spinning stuff to um, maintain focus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because remember, they're really, really good. They're really good at it. They're good at it. 
They're masters at their craft. But what they, what they, um, I don't want to say misrepresent, but what they underestimate is a person on the healing journey. Because at some point we do get on, a, on our healing journey, we start recognizing patterns and we start seeing things and people for who they are. And when it happens again, we know exactly what to do and we're prepared. And that, my friend, is called cycle breaking. So there's many cool things that are happening with the episode today. One is yes, I'm caring about people and saying, all right, I got to share this because if it's going to happen to me, I know it's happening to other people and I'm seeing it out there and it, it bothers me. It bothers me a great deal. It bothers me a great deal because I think about how intelligent hackers are, for example, you know, that if people are that smart, then why aren't they utilizing their level of intelligence to do something good in the world? Why are, we, why are people hurting each other? Why are people hurting humanity and the beings that live on this planet, our home? Why? I mean, it might sound kind of sophomoric, but that's the real question. And the other thing is, yeah, the responsibility. The responsibility of caring, the responsibility of calling it out. And the responsibility, just like people in our community say, I got your six, or I got your back, or everybody comes home. That's part of what this podcast is about. We see it, we name it, we recognize it, and we make a podcast out of it. Because I don't want to see anybody to experience that and get taken advantage of. No, that that doesn't resonate with me at all. So I hope you got some education out of today's podcast. I want to thank you so much for being here today. And remember, we're better together because we are. We're stronger together. Damn straight, Skippy. And take what resonates and go beyond. <laughs>